mini episode of Mountain Pass is brought to you by Kalephus, God of Destiny, reminding everyone that sure you can ignore her. Fine, fine, don't play her in your deck, whatever, but the strings of fate will catch you in the end. Welcome to Mountain Pass, your window into the standard environment. I am your host, Charlotte Schluter, and this is my co-host... Gabe Johnson. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, we, this is our uh, mini, mini episode, mini so Mini little, it's a little bite-sized episode. Bite-sized episode yeah. number three. We're here without uh, Brandon today. Unfortunately, he is down with the coronavirus. Yep. So um, he might be out for a little while. I think probably, it, look, I don't want that shit here. <laughs> like I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. He tried to convince us he would just wear a mask and it would be yeah, fine, no. but we're just not going to do We stuck that. him on a boat. He's yeah. uh, bobbing out in um, the middle of Beaver Lake. Yeah. I'm sure he's so, fine. Should be yeah. good. Yeah. Should be good. Beaver Lake's beautiful this time Yeah. We, we, we gave him a blanket, so it's all right. good. We Did have smallpox on the blanket, but... <clears throat> but anywho. <laughs> so, Sharla, what are we going to okay. talk about today? Well, you know, we actually have a lot of really cool new stuff coming out in Magic... Oh, uh-huh. yes, yes, yes. And some of it we can just barely touch on because, oh, I like that you're really quietly trying to crack open a cold one there. There you go. <sighs> now that we're comfortable. But yeah, we've got Unsanctioned that's about to come out, which is oh, yeah. super cool and exciting. I love unsets. I love unsets. Yeah, they are great. I think, what do you think about them not drafting for this one? I'm a little disappointed. That mm-hmm. was like the only way I really interacted with the um, the last unset and I, I didn't really get, you know, I didn't play any commander games with it before they, you know, they, they had that window where you mm, could play mm-hmm. them in your commander deck, which was which was cool, but I didn't actually get a deck together in time right. to hit that window. So I, I did draft it, and it was super fun drafting, you and I loved it. do know that my store is going to have an uncommander day. I did, yeah. yeah. So I have been thinking about some putting together some stuff so we'll see awesome although i do like the whole like game night aspect of it it does seem pretty cool where you get like all five decks mm-hmm. and you can sit down and just like you know jam them or whatever that yeah. seems pretty cool i think these i like them a lot but i really wish there was a way to draft because that by far i think is the most interesting fun yeah. way to interact with it yeah and maybe maybe it's because I'm too old now, but it feels like one of those toys I would get at Christmas and be like, I love it! And then two hours later, I would put it in my closet and forget about it. Well, you, can do, you can't do anything with it. No. I mean, there's no, like, what are you going to do with it? Just... Yeah. yeah. You show your buddy, you're like, hey, hey, check out this cool card. Oh, all right, that's it. All right, well, okay. Yep. Okay, well, that was a good time. Yeah. Um, but we also have Challenger decks coming out. Ooh. I'm excited about these. I thought the last, uh, you know, when they did these before, the Challenger decks were an awesome way to get your friends to come play Magic because you were like, hey, there's this, like, $30 deck. You can buy it. It's great. You can just, Mm -hmm. you're only in it for 30 bucks or whatever, 40 bucks. I can't remember what they were. You're not Uh, going to have a miserable time. Yeah. Which is great because... No offense, I know Wizards is listening to our podcast very carefully because we set the tone of all. That's right. Yeah, of Mark, standard. we're talking to you. Yeah, we are talking to you. Planeswalkers decks are garbage. Trash. Trash. Just, you know, buy, deposit directly into the garbage can. Yep. Maybe open the packs. That being said, I did have this eight-year-old beat me with the Oko Planeswalker deck <laughs> a couple weeks ago at F&M so awesome. with my, like, super tuned blue-black control deck. He got oh me game gosh. one, and I was like, oh, shit, 
I really got to play. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, you let were... me rethink my strategy here. <laughs> you were shuffling up. You're like, this will be a give me. It'll be cute. Yeah. Pat him on the back and be like, good job, buddy. Good job, buddy. Now send you on your way. No, he Ooh. took me down game one. I was like, ooh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Which reminds me, never underestimate your opponent. That's true. That's true. Well, you know what? We're going to start a, a, a really good segment, uh, you know, just as a teaser mm-hmm. for our next episode. You guys, uh, you know, tune in because we're going to be starting a segment called Up the Down Escalator, where we're going to be giving you the best advice. The best. How to win. Magic. At Magic. The Gathering advisor is out there. Yes. So. Yeah. So tune in. You probably won't win this F&M because you won't have that advice yet. Yeah, but next time, mm-hmm. we're going to guarantee it. Guarantee. Just going to say it right now. <laughs> we will give you all your money back if it's... All uh, six of our listeners yeah, are going to win their <laughs> Friday Night Magic. It's all yeah. going to be here. I don't know how you're going to have six winners, but it's cool. It's cool. It's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, no, the Challenger decks look awesome. I'm, I'm actually really excited. The value is kind of insane. They're really, really good. So I'm curious because there's no MSRP, like what people are going to be selling them for. But yeah, and I've I can't seen a lot imagine of them. they're not going to be worth it. So for those of y'all who don't know, they, um, there's going to be four Challenger decks. The first one is Allied Fires. It's a Jeskai deck that uses fires of invention to cast a bunch of planeswalkers um some board wipes and just good removal that was kind of my least favorite ironically when i was looking at this because we were like okay which one's your favorite that is my least favorite and i think we'll sell the best yeah i think so too because fires of invention has been such a cool deck and it's it and it is a fun deck to play because you get that button word and you've got planeswalkers yeah exactly so you're gonna get some people that are like oh i wanted to try out the fires decks and then you're gonna get little kids that are like all i want in the entire world is a planeswalker yeah exactly (laughs) you mean there are eight planeswalkers in this deck i got it it's so good unfortunately (laughs) this is not actually the fires deck and it's Mm -mm. not even really close i don't even think you could really adjust it enough to make it into the fires deck not the one that's actually competitive that just showed up in worlds and everything no it's it's not really that good so um if you're in for casual, this deck looks awesome. It looks super fun to play, but not really super competitive. I mean, you've got Kinrith, the Returned King, in it, which is There's fun. some good cards. Like, the value's still pretty good yeah. for the deck. but um, It looks sort of kooky. You yeah. probably could steal some wins with it. Probably. Um, but, meh. Uh, the next one is Final Adventure. It's a green-black adventure-slash-knights deck. It does have four Edgewall Innkeeper, two Knight of the Ebon Legion, and two Murderous Rider, um, which are sort of the big draws to this deck. So, like, really good value. Also, have Raska Golgari Queen. Let's talk about how it has a Fabled Passage. Oh, yeah. Fabled what? Passage. Like, that pays <laughs> for the bad, deck. Not bad, pretty much. <laughs> so... Plus two Castle Lockthwains. Yeah. So, I'm definitely going to be ordering at least one of these just so I 10 can... 10 or 20, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, you <laughs> have a store, case. so you actually get value out. <laughs> I have to play with these cards. Oh, right. Um... But no, I I think just value wise, this deck looks awesome, and I mean that green black adventure deck is pretty cheap to build once mm-hmm. you have this this core. I think this one's almost the easiest to upgrade or the Absolutely. cheapest to upgrade probably. You can um, easily put in some hinges if you wanted. You could do some rotting registers. Yep. Um, there's a lot of really easy upgrades. Um, yep. This one might be my favorite because I think there are sideboard they were thoughtful with it too. 
because you've got your fashion bronzed on, so you're going to be able to deal with... Yeah, that's true, and the Massacre that's, Girls. Mm-hmm, the Massacre Girl, which I think is an undervalued card. And Four Noxious Grass. I know! Which is played in Pioneer I and can't Modern. I keep that like, in stock. That, that, that card is great, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this, this deck looks great. Uh, the next one is Cavalcade Charge. It's a mono-red deck um, built around the what's it called cavalcade of calamity yeah this one has three chandra acolyte of flames in it this actually four is tor not brands and four bone off. crusher giants four bone crusher giants this deck is nuts if you're into the mono red this deck is like straight out of the box it's great it's almost identical to the mono red deck that's doing really well yeah um the biggest thing is the ember cleave right you got to get more ember cleave right. in there but yeah, I honestly yeah, would lose one of the Tor brands for that because Tor brands being legendary, I think probably, and being a four drop, yeah, three of him would be enough. Yeah, but this this deck is insane value. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just easily over a hundred bucks of value in this in this it's deck. It's so crazy. The last one, this one's my favorite, of course, is uh, oh, Flash is of Ferocity. <laughs> no, it's not. Is it? It's a uh, Simic. I'm leaving. That's it. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> Minisode up. Hope you filled up on that snack because it's done. <laughs> now this one's a, a Simic Flash deck. And this one also looks really good. Very close mm-hmm. to the optimal like Simic Flash deck. Now this is not a deck that's been really good in Standard since the release of Theros Beyond Death. But right. um, it's still an awesome deck and it's really fun to play. And this um, looks great out of the box. Also has a fabled passage, mm-hmm. two castle vantresses, and a really big deal. It's got a brazen borrower, which is like twenty five bucks yeah. on its own. And again, sideboard is on point. It's got aether gusts. It's got mm-hmm. mystical disputes. Three shifting ceratops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm really impressed with the thought they put into sideboards. Yeah, these decks look great. They look like um, I think they did an even better job of making these playable out of the box yeah. than the last Challenger deck. Definitely the Flash and the Mono Red. I think you can just take them to F&M and do really well. Yeah. So, yeah. Psyched um, about that. I think the biggest thing that they would need for upgrading would be land. Yeah. And that's always the case. Yeah. Because uh, you don't want to be, especially with that, you don't want to be a turn behind. You know, you don't want true. That thorn. flash deck really wants breeding pools instead does of the not temples. Want the thorn, yeah. And it does not want the thornwood falls. Yeah. It gives no shits about the life. No, you're not you're not playing long enough to, to need to gain life. Those are the challenger decks. They come out in April. Yeah. All right, they so. are pretty sweet. And uh, you can pre order them yeah. with you. With myself or your local game shop, wherever that may be. Yeah. Alright, cool. Yeah, so they're very neat. Um all right, so that's kind of the the what's hot and new um, right there. So I want to take a moment mm-hmm. and talk about mm-hmm. who wore it best. Theros or Theros Beyond Death? What looked better on Theros? The low A cut? I was going to try to go fashion, and I'm like, I don't even know, know terms to like even try to like Where are we going take with us it? down this oh, road. I want, I, like, I want to follow you, know, you there. A, I do. There's I some really bell do. bottoms. That, that's a fashion word. <laughs> Train. Some dresses have trains. Was it the uh, was it V-neck the, uh, white t-shirt? There we go. <laughs> yeah. Was it the was death it mask the... of Elspeth or the uh, <laughs> white hood? There we go. See, I got there. Mm-hmm. Just took me a minute. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So this is we're just gonna talk about kind of some of the cards that mm-hmm. showed up in the original Theros and 
also we get again in Theros Beyond Death and um, whether they're better now or they were better back then. Right. What do you want to start with? A little bit of comparison. So let's start with a very clear, at least in my opinion, very clear who wore it best. And that is yes. Nylia, God of the Hunt. That's the original Theros one. <laughs> so uh, uh, let me read Nylia, God of the Hunt here. She's three and a green. For a 6-6 indestructible, as long as your devotion to green is less than 5, Nylea isn't a creature. I'm not going to say that every time. That is true for all of the gods. Um, But that's the thing. I'm going to say it that time. So if you need to rewind it and hear it again, like just take a note of the time there. I'm not going to say it again. Uh, Monocolored gods have 5 devotion. Dual-colored gods have 7. Correct. That's all you need to know. Rewind that again. Right. <laughs> so Nylia, God of the Hunt, from original Theros, uh, she's a 6-6, and she gives all your other creatures trample. You can pay 3 and a green to give target creature plus 2 plus 2 until end of turn. Pretty strong. Pretty, Pretty strong. strong card. Yeah. Um, she was very good back in the day. Um, yep. Plus her bow was giving stuff death touch and things like that. Yep. Um, yeah, so she, she saw play. And then we have our new Nylia, Keen-Eyed, and that one... Um, so she makes it so your creature spells cost one less to cast, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she's every t- Timmy's dream. And then for a green and two, you can reveal the top card of your library, and if it's a creature card, you put it into your hand. Otherwise, you may put it into your graveyard. So, yeah. And I, she has the same mana cost. She's mm-hmm. also three and a green, and she's a five, six instead of a six, six. Right. So I feel like the new Nylia is way worse. But yeah. she could. She. I think she's. Tr- they're trying to play with the escape mechanic by the graveyard playing around with that. So uh-huh. they're trying to give her a little extra flavor with that. Uh, but yeah, she's she's not good. I don't think she's good. I haven't seen her show up in any decks. And the um, the pay three mana to reveal the top card of your library. That is just too much. Paying three, like, yeah. Why can't she just like just. That's terrible. And, and if you think about it, like, what deck is this going in that you want to, like, spend your turn looking right. at the top card? This is not a grindy deck. And She's a 5 a 6 fatty indestructible. Deck, which yeah. means you need that mana to cast that fatty. Exactly. Um, and the, co- the fact she costs four, and by the time you have four land, creatures casting la- one less? Mm? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what are you even playing with? What is happening? So my thinking is that like she, maybe she's a plant. So we've got uh, we've got not like not like she has leaves and she like photosynthesizes. I mean, all right, but, all right. Continue. Not, I'll follow not, not you. Not also like she's a spy. Like she's been. I was going for the uh, spy. I was like, yeah, tell me all about. She's so the, the next secret spy. The next set. What's it called? Uh, oh, the monster of, building set. Yeah. Um, I, I think maybe she's supposed to be good in that set where we're we're gonna play some like okay. big fatty creatures and um and try to stomp our way to victory. Because she's not really good in this grindy No. You just you're not playing a green that's just not the, the deck that she wants to be in, right? Like no. green, green grind you out? I don't know. I don't like it. Uh whereas Nylea got of the hunt she clearly has a thing. She's like, I'm big, I'm indestructible, I give all your creatures trample, and right. all we're doing is we're turning sideways and we're we're, we're stopping doing this. You, right? Like it makes yeah. sense. Every piece Get of the there, card kill is them. is clearly geared towards like I'm killing you dead. Yep. The other so, one just feels awkward. Don't like it. Yeah. So uh okay, this one goes to original Theros. Then. Original Theros. All right, one original Theros. Let's Theros Beyond Death goes. Zero. Mm-hmm. 
So I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this one, and um, you know, my opinion could change. So we're gonna do, this is Thassa, God of the Sea. Now the original one is one I actually played, because I played Mono Blue, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Of but course you did. Of course I did. It was crazy though, because the Mono Blue was creature-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was real interesting. But anyway, so Mono Blue, this one co- just costs three. One blue and two colorless to cast it. It is a 5-5. Five, five. Um, at, at the beginning of your upkeep, you scry. And that is just a stagnant ability. Mm. You just are scrying all day long. Um, and then you pay two, and a target creature you control can't be blocked this turn. Um, so that was the original Thassa. And yeah. you want to tell us about the new Thassa? Sure. Thassa Deep Dwelling. Three and a blue. Um, she is a 6-5 indestructible, and at the beginning of your end step, you can exile one other target creature you control, then return to the battlefield under your control. So you blink a creature at the end of your turn. She also has this one line of text that everybody forgets about, which is three and a blue, tap another target creature. That turns out to be really, really good. I do always forget about that one, to be honest. And it's particularly good in a world where blue-white is the best deck and the end game with blue-white is Dream Trawler. Right. Because you can tag Dream Trawler with that and make them tap so that Dream Trawler never gets to attack and never gets to block. Which yes. Which is pretty good. And it also would be in a shell where you might have that four mana, whereas right. in Nalia you don't have that mana. You right, don't like some kind of that. ramp, some kind of ramp spell where you've got like a billion mana approximately. Right. Okay, so my feeling about these two is it's hard to compare them because they have such different shells. I agree. Like, I think this, the new Thassa is in a much more control kind of shell, whereas old Thassa was in a creature-heavy shell. Yeah, more um, of an aggro. And she's still mm-hmm. played in um, aggro decks. There's a mono-blue aggro in Pioneer. Oh, yeah. That features Thassa, God of the Sea, um, and I think there's... Even like a merfolk deck that she played in merfolk in modern. Oh yeah, she is. Yeah, <clears throat> so, because cause a lot of merfolks and stuff have the ability of like if a creature hits them, then you draw a card, or if a creature does mm-hmm. this, someone discards a card. Um, so part of what she was used for one, you could finish the game out one, as soon as she became a creature. Mm-hmm. You suddenly have an unblockable five-five indestructible. That's bananas. Oh yeah, because she can target herself. She can target herself. Nice. Um, and she was also played in a deck originally where you had a flyer, and I was trying to look up the name of it, so our six listeners yell it at home. But it was like, <laughs> it was this flying creature that it would come in and hit, and then you could play the top three cards off of your opponent's library, oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So she helped build around that. Um, nice. So I, I deeply am passionate about the old Thassa, but I think the new Thassa has a lot of merit, so, too. I never got to play with the old Thassa. She looks awesome. Um, I will say, I have been on a serious tear on arena with Simic Ramp mm-hmm. with um Thassa, Agent of Treachery, um, what's that little blue green elemental guy I forget from M twenty, the one blue green who uh Risen Reef? Yeah, Risen yeah, yeah, Reef yeah, yeah. and and uh and not a lot of other things with ETBs. Turns out you don't have to like build a deck that's like heavy ETBs for right. Thassa to be good. If you get one or two blinks out of Thassa, right, and also in a blue green deck like that, she's often just a six five indestructible. 
Which is that no joke. closes out the games pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. So, uh, and again, you've got so much mana. The the tapping comes into play there. Right. So she has been really good for me in that deck. And I started with four, but I've cut down to two mm-hmm. in that deck. So she's not really the centerpiece anymore. Um, but the deck is really good. And she is excellent in that deck, especially when you ever get to bounce Agent of Treachery. Is she hard Treachery. to cast with four drop? Or is it not too bad? No. Okay. No, I I mean it's a ramp deck, so right. I'm so just you're doing, getting there. You know, usually on turn three. Yeah. By she's then. coming down. Yeah. Well um, very cool. We'll maybe put her in the coin flip spot. Alright, so we've got uh, uh we got one I that's a toss up maybe. It might go to new one. Might go to new Thassa. I could see it either way. Mm. It's, it's mm, too, mm, too, close mm, to too close, too close, too close to call. Too close to call. All right, both we're going to wait for a few more votes to come in. So it, with their send triads. us, send us your emails, send us your votes. Tell us which one you think is better, um, and let us know why we're wrong. <laughs> All right. All right. So Erebos, God mm. of the Dead. Uh, this is the one from the original Theros. He was three and a black um, for a five-seven, and he has some really important text here that says your opponents can't gain life. Yeah, that's a big deal. Then you can pay one and a black and two life to draw a card. Mm-hmm. So we have new Erebos, who costs the same, uh, three colorless and a black. And whenever a creature you control dies, you pay two life. If you do, you draw a card. So he still kind of has that drawing mm-hmm. card kind of synergy. And you can pay a black and one to sacrifice another creature, and target creature gets negative two, negative one until the end of turn. Yeah. So, when I was first thinking about this, if so, first of all, if you just ignore the opponents can't gain life text, right, right for a second, and just think about the like paying two mana, paying two life, mm-hmm. and drawing a card, um, and then in the new Airbells, you're paying two mana, you're sacrificing a creature, and then you're often killing a creature on the opponent's side, right? Because they're getting minus two, minus one, and then you also get the option to draw a card if you want. My first thinking was, well, that's better. You get to kill a creature on the other side. But Mm -hmm. if you're behind on board and you don't have a creature that you can sacrifice, that's when you really want to draw cards. That's when you desperately need it. You need cards, right? And that's what makes... Because you're trying to turn the game around. The original Erebos so good is that, like, Mm -hmm. you can drop the original Erebos and you can start drawing cards with... He's the only thing on the board. Yeah. And that can bring you back in the game. Whereas Mm -hmm. Erebos, bleak hearted on an empty board is worthless. It's you, totally worthless. He does worthless. nothing. Yep. He does absolutely nothing from behind. So Yeah, and the biggest thing, is, so Erebos, God of the Dead, was played in the top deck in the original mm-hmm. Theros, which was Mono Black Control. Love that deck so much. Um, <laughs> but it, what made him so good, he was usually in a sideboard. Um, the not gaining life was huge. Yeah. Because Black, yeah. And Black... Uh, Games were long in original Theros. Like, it was a slow meta. Mm-hmm. So you didn't want someone to be gaining life because you had to grind them down. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing with him drawing cards is you basically were just drawing more pack rats because that deck <laughs> oh, yeah. lived on pack, pack rats. rats. So you didn't even care what your card was because it was just another pack rat. Right. Um, yeah, no, I think the um, the mono black aggro deck that uh, kind of was the first deck to beat in standard beyond death theros mm-hmm. theros beyond death standard oh yeah um, with the night shepherd and everything yeah, yeah everybody thought that was going to be the deck but it mm-hmm. turned out like it just wasn't strong enough but if it had this card where your opponents couldn't yep gain claw life, their way back and out and you could just draw cards when you were behind i think that would have put this deck over the edge yeah. and um, i think a lot of times people were had like 
memory of right. the other one. But whereas Erebos Bleak Hearted, the new one, just doesn't even show up in that list. No. Nope. I mean, it's just not even good enough to make the list. So, so congratulations, yep. Old Theros, uh, this Two one. Two for Old Theros. And one and... wishy-washy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we got the one too close to call. All right, last last card here. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, we've got oh, two no, more. We got two more cards. Yeah. So we're gonna end. We'll end this one. This one I think is pretty clear too. So Heliod, God of the Sun, the original Erebos one is three colorless and one white. Um, other creatures you control have vigilance, and then you can pay two white and two colorless to put a two-one white cleric enchantment creature token onto the battlefield. He is a five-six. He is very mediocre. Yeah. Not super impressed with nope. this Heliod. Uh, pretty boring. Yeah, but let's talk about new Heliod. Okay, Heliod Suncrown, two and a white for uh, an indestructible 5-5. Five five. When you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature or enchantment you control. And you can pay one and a white and another target creature gains lifelink until end of turn. So yep. he's essentially a one card combo machine. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Uh, he claws your way. As we talked about, like, gaining the life. Again, yeah. the old Erebos against that would have helped a lot. He'll claw your way back up. Yeah, multiple multiple infinite combos with this yeah. card that um, that Heliod Sunground, uh, you know, made possible. Full decks that he made possible. But also, just in standard, just really good as a in a mono white shell just as a like a value guy so to good. pump your creatures survive rats um add a little value get your get your board back in state when you mm-hmm. you know when you do get hit with a sweeper just a all-around great card yeah and i think this one goes to theros beyond death i think without a shadow of a doubt all right theros beyond death congratulations you got right. one. You got one. <laughs> now let's see. Oh, maybe it'll get this one. Oh yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is Elspeth. Um, I mean, she was kind of the centerpiece. Uh, she's on the ads. Uh, she surely, was. Surely they made the right. Elspeth. They're like she's our poster card child. Really pushed. Yeah, because they were like, okay, we got to make her phenomenal because she's literally escaping death. Yeah. So she's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So and she is significantly cheaper. She is two white white. So four mana mm-hmm. for a legendary planeswalker starts with five loyalty. That's pretty good already. That is pretty she good. She has, and this is the crazy part, she can escape for six mana and exile four other cards from your graveyard. So when she's in the graveyard, you just get her back. Whoa, over That's and over, over again. Over and over. So as long as you have four cards in your graveyard, you just get this planeswalker, mm-hmm. this value machine back on the battlefield. That's cool. Unfortunately... Once it's on the battlefield, yeah. it does almost nothing. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, oh, and it just negatives. Yeah, it only oh. negatives. So negative mm-hmm. one, up to mm-hmm. two target mm-hmm. creatures you control each get plus two, plus one until end of turn. Okay. Negative two, create Fine. two one one white human soldier creature tokens. Pretty that's medi- cool that, that they're that's humans. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's, that's nice. A thing. Uh, minus three, you gain five life. What deck is this going in? No, no deck. This is the problem with this card. It's like, I'm like, what is this card trying to do? Also, it wants to have something that's putting cards in your graveyard. Because honestly, exiling that many is a steep cost. Yeah, you're not playing in a mono white aggro. Because like, if you're putting that many cards in your graveyard, I'm sorry, you have lost the game. (laughs) Game over. (laughs) You do not want to be there. I put four cards in my graveyard, and then I got my Elspeth back. And And then I I negatived her for... Two yeah. human soldiers. Yeah, and Ugh. you're not playing her in a control deck either because, like, no, she's not. She making doesn't your close guys it. plus two plus one, and she is not what a guys? finisher. <laughs> 
Oh, right, the two tokens you made before. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. So I was disappointed. I really so wanted her to be good. She's she's okay. There there are some spots where like Is you really she? do just want some like you need some bodies, you need some board presence. There are okay, some, there's so some in spots. Draft, it's like I a sideboard. Sure, I'd take her in draft. I put her in the sideboard of, of Blue White for a little while, but then I took her out because it wasn't good <laughs> Because you were like, wait, this card is garbage? Well, let's talk about uh, a different Elspeth for a minute. Who I did play. Oh, yeah. I played her in multiple four decks. I played her in an Esper Control deck, which is my favorite one to play mm, her in. Yeah, Elspeth Sun's Champion. Yeah. Four White White. Uh-huh. So six mana. So she's four. steeper cost. Yep, and for only four loyalty. Yeah, that is true. Starts at four loyalty. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. you can plus one her to put three white one white soldier tokens onto the battlefield, <laughs> which is a, a plus, plus ability one. instead of a minus one. What? And you, get three you can of just them. do that every turn. Yeah, and and she protects because right. you've got three blockers. Now? Mm-hmm. And you also can use her to destroy stuff. So she her negative three ability destroys. All creatures with power four or greater. Yep. So you can do a nice board wipe to get rid of all their shit. You're not going to kill the soldiers you just made. No. Nope. So, yeah, she is a powerhouse. And then her minus seven is game ending all by itself because she yep. is a single card combo, right? Oh, yeah. You plus, 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 um, and then you minus seven and you are killing them. Oh, yeah. She gives uh, an emblem with creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and have flying. So all nine of your tokens are now three, three flyers. Yep. So right there they're dead i play her in my pioneer blue white blue white pioneer control deck she's amazing i don't play like a lot of her because she's a you just need one yeah i mean you only need one so good if you get to the point where you're casting elspeth sun's champion you're probably gonna win win. but she helps close that gap yep she does. She's a good finisher. Yep. There, she was also so. played in a nice Azorius deck, a blue-white control deck back in the day, too. She was great. Yeah. Uh, and she could fit in White Weenie if you wanted. I don't typically white like White Weenie, but you yeah. could. You could. If you were that don't, person. Don't like the deck. But you could do yeah, that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so this one's going to Old Theros. Yeah. So we got... Let's uh, tally it up. Uh, one, two, three... Three for old Theros, mm-hmm. one for Theros Beyond Death, and one too close to call. Well, yeah. Theros Beyond Death, I'm sorry. Three to one uh, it does oh, seem like. Thick. Yeah, yeah. That power. Theros wore it. That power wore it creep. Best. That's what we call yeah. <laughs> power creep Negative right power there. Creep. <laughs> uh, so congratulations, Theros. Your trophy is in the mail. Yeah. We just need we'll be to. Sending that mm-hmm. out. We just need to get it inscribed. Solid gold. Solid gold. Yeah. We do nothing but solid gold around here. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you'd like to help donate to pay for that trophy. <laughs> and speaking of paying for that trophy, let's go to our first ad break. Yeah, absolutely. There is a new king of comedy in town, and he has been killing it all year in the underworld comedy clubs. Now, the epic comedy of Timurit is available in all new album, Timurit Prank Calls the Dead. Hello? Yeah, is there an Irma there? Last name, Rotting Corpse? Let me check. Irma? Irma? Hey, is there an Irma? Hey, everyone, Irma Rotting Corpse. (laughs) What? Who is this? If I ever get a hold of you, I'm gonna give you leprosy. Hello? 
Is your boat to Athreos running? I think so. Why? Because you better go catch it. <laughs> Why, I oughta. If I get my hands on you, I'm a gonna. Order Timurit prank calls the dead now. Now, and you will receive a free long-distance calling card. Never get stuck in the underworld without a way to call home again. Just six easy payments of $19.99, but only if you call now. Hello? Can I speak with Elspeth? Is this a prank call? I'm on to you, Timorette, you bastard! I'm not falling for it again! No, I really need to speak to Elspeth. Can you see if she is there? Oh, hold on, let me check. Has anyone seen Elspeth? Uh, she just escaped. Back to the overworld. What the f- You mother- If I ever get my hands on you, Timorette, I'm gonna be. So, I think the only other exciting news that's happening in the standard Magic the Gathering world right now is... World Championship. Worlds! Worlds! Do you hear? Do you see what I did there? Oh, wow! Well, yeah, it was worlds, pretty clever, yeah. right? It's funny. Since last was... yesterday I came in and I was like, hey, have you been watching Worlds? And you were like, Worlds what? <laughs> I was like, World Cup? What's going on? <laughs> oh, so for any of you who haven't been paying attention to what's going on in the competitive magic scene, World Championships was this past weekend. It was. Uh, and congratulations to Paulo Vito Damodorosa, who took oh. it down with, oh, let me think, what did he play? Oh, what did, play? was it a mono-red deck? Uh, I think it was mono-red aggro. No, 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 it wasn't mono-red, it was like, um, um was it a ramp? No, it's like a mid, no. no. Oh, I know what it was. Oh. It was the best deck in standard. <laughs> Blue white control. Oh, blue white control. Just happens to be say. the deck that I play. Oh, oh. <laughs> he called you up earlier and was like, "Hey, Gabe, I need some advice. I'm gonna be playing this deck." Okay, so I don't know. Uh, for any of y'all who play arena, um, poor Charla is stuck in the age of Max and does not play arena. I mean, I did it to myself, but yeah, we should still pity me. Uh, so. Wizards did this really cool thing that I was really excited about. Uh, you got to pick a champion, yeah. right? And then um, if your champion wins, then you get some rewards on Arena <laughs> and stuff. So I thought that was really cool for a couple of reasons because it gave us a reason to like root for somebody yeah. when you were watching, right? Like I, I love all the pros, and it's hard for me to choose. Like, yeah, who am I rooting for? Bit. I don't know why I'm rooting for somebody, but now I had like this clear. I was like, I chose PV, and I'm gonna like <laughs> root for PV. And then when he announced. That or when they announced Dex and I saw that he was playing Blue White Control, I was like so like, excited. Yes! I was like, yes, I chose right. It's like fantasy football for Magic players. Yeah, exactly. I it's like totally it. like it. So uh, that was really cool. I really yeah. enjoyed. It was super smart too because it's a neat way to meld both Arena and Paper Magic. I think. Yeah. Um, like a lot of people talk about, like is Arena hurting Paper Magic? And honestly, I get a lot of people who come in my shop now that are like. Well, I started playing arena and or like I used to play and this is a nice easy way to like dip yeah. my toe back in. So. And did you get to watch any of the championships? I did a little bit. So, so I saw did... the last day yeah. with the 4-hour slugfest. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, so which was incredible cuz we had two control decks going toe to toe. So Yeah. Well, Just Kai Fires is more of a mid-range deck I, yeah, I think, but That's true. But, but either way, it was control, neither one was of them were like aggro. Yeah. Right. 
Right. So they did um, paper drafts. So you, I guess you missed the draft portion, but um, both on day one and day two, they started with paper drafts. So they drafted in paper, mm-hmm. and then they moved on to arena to play the like standard portion, which I thought was really cool, that like melding of, yeah. of both that both is worlds. neat. Yeah. Um, Although it was, they were long games. They played best of three matches, which meant like potentially nine games. Um, and that was long. during the like Swiss. And in the, in the championship, mm-hmm. the finals... Um, Paulo had to win two matches, and um, Marcio Carvalho had to win three matches to win. Oh, man. And it was really exciting because Paulo won the first one, and right. then Marcio won two matches in a row, and it was like down to game three of the last match. It was really intense. Yeah. And then for it some, was some reason... It the best magic that I think I've seen in so, so long. Because like, both of them were definitely on point. Although, let's talk about the hand. Oh, God. Why <laughs> did he keep that? I don't understand. Yeah. So, listeners out there, do you want to describe this hand? That yeah. Was it was like two blue sources mm-hmm. and um, five other cards that were not blue. That were not blue. Blue castable So, he was not going to be able to cast. I don't know why he kept it. Why did he keep it? And it was a seven. So if you're listening out there, let us know. Why? Why did you keep this hand? Yeah, Marcio, <laughs> tell us. Can you please uh, please enlighten tell us what's going on? I assume he uh, was tired, right? There was some there was some definitely tired. I don't know if you caught any of um, Autumn Burchett's match, but oh, poor yeah. Autumn was like falling asleep. I felt so bad for them. I was <laughs> I like, Oh, I get oh. it. You've been playing magic for like sixteen hours. Yeah, so long. So it was definitely like fatigue is is a real thing. You yeah. Know, when you've been playing Magic. And Marcio had to battle battle it out. And Paulo was like, I think he was taking a nap the whole time Marcio was playing for like six hours. Like, yeah. he like won his match and was like, okay, I'm going into the finals. And then Marcio had to play like six more matches. Yeah. Like, Which crazy. means you've like, you don't have that break in yeah. there. It's very exciting. Yeah. Um, uh, so overall, how did I he thought it was up... a great success. I mm-hmm. thought the coverage was awesome. I loved seeing yeah. all the commentators, and I, I just thought it was really fun to watch yeah. so from, a, from just a viewer's point. perspective. Yep. So how did he finally end the game? How did he Paula? close it out? Yeah. Uh, it didn't even matter because <laughs> Marcio never played anything <laughs> on that last game. He, he just, like, didn't actually play. <laughs> no. He didn't play Which magic at sort all. Which is sad. <laughs> like, this was so anticlimactic it was like oh dance all down to this game and then yeah. it was just like and then it was like bad mulligan decision oh well here we are yeah yeah That's so cool. we're going to talk a little bit about mulliganing decisions uh in mm-hmm. our first installment of up the down escalator on our next full episode yeah. which should be coming out sometime next week yeah so tune in then with us and i don't have anything else to say to you in turn crack a beer Sorry, we already cracked our beers. Yeah, we, so we apologize. We'll just, just add that. Yeah, yeah, Just add that sound in later. Yeah. Put some ice going in. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't want ice in your beer, though. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Oh. I like my beers watered down and flat. <laughs> I thought I wasn't doing an episode with Brandon. <laughs> it, he drinks it that way out of the bottle. He's rolling rocks. Oh. Brandon. See you next time. See you next time.